title of the message this morning is called Impossible Living. Impossible Living. Um, I, I don't know about you, but my heart has never been to live in the realm uh, of just what, what I can make possible, right? I want to live in the realm of impossible. Uh, I want to live in the realm of the supernatural. So here's a couple of questions. When was the last time that God did something in your life that was beyond your ability to make it happen? When was the last time that you can go back and you can say that God did this in my life and there's no way that I could make it happen? Now, now let me phrase that again. That if God did not do it, there is no way you could make it happen. Amen? When was the last time? And listen, this is not a message to get on to you. My heart is for you to be encouraged and challenged in your faith this morning. Amen? And so, um, has God called you and I to live a life um, that, that is in the realm of what we could make happen? Like, did God just say, hey, I'm going to supernaturally work and save your life, but from then on, I, I want you to do it all. I want you to get it all done. I'm done. I'll see you in heaven. Right? You know, do you think that God wants that kind of life for you and I? That, hey, that we, we, we answered, we, we came down, we prayed or prayed at home or whatever, and now it's just like I'm just doing this thing and just if I can just make it through life, and then one day I get to go to heaven and, and get to see God, uh, you know, in heaven and, and, and have the supernatural in my life. I don't believe that, and I'm going to show you from the Word that I don't believe that that's what God has for us. So, other than believing that you're going to heaven, right? How many of you believe you're going to heaven? All right, just checking, just making sure, all right? Other than believing that you're going to heaven, what else are you believing for? What else are you believing for? In your life right now, other than, hey, I believe one day I'm going to heaven when Jesus comes back or when I die. What are you believing for? What are you expecting from heaven? What are you walking in? What are you declaring? What are you receiving? So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, and, and, and let's just kind of open the word this morning and let's see what God says about this. Verse 1, it says, But know this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. How many of you know we're living in perilous times? Right? You, you don't get on the news at all without hearing about a shooting, hearing about, you know, something going on, somebody dying, somebody, right? Perilous times are happening. Wars, rumors of wars, all those things are going on around us. It says for men, and this isn't males, this is mankind, it says will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now listen, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people turn away, for of this sort are those who creep into households, making captives of gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, 
always, now listen, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, you would say, well, he's just talking about unsaved people. Well, yeah, he is, but he's also talking about people, now listen, that they have a form of godliness. That they look like they're godly. That on the outside, if you and I were to encounter them, that they have a form or they look like they're a godly person. They know the right things to say because they're learners. They know stuff. They know the Bible. They know what it says. They, they know what to do in your presence. You know, I, I, I very rarely, uh, almost never tell anybody that I'm a pastor unless we get to that conversation because for some reason people change. Like right before you. You know what I'm saying? They just, like they're a different person because they find out you're a pastor. You know, like, like, you, know, like you don't know. You know. When you're around people, if you're a believer and, and, and you've got the, the, the Spirit of God in you, you know. Right? But I want you to understand because we look at this list, and, and this is not an all-inclusive list um, or exhaustive list, and this isn't a list that these people that it's talking about um, have to do all of these in order to be included. In other words, you could just be a lover of yourself and be included here. You could just be a lover of money and be included here. See, there's no qualification where it says if you got two out of three, you know, or three out of five, then you're included. But if it's just one of these, then you're not. Does that make sense? He's saying these are the characteristics of how people are going to be in the last days. And he's talking about those that are obviously ungodly, but he's talking about those that have a form of godliness in their life. And he's saying this is what they're going to look like, and they're going to have a form of godliness, but they're denying its power. Well, what power is that? It's a power to save. It's a power to transform. It's a power that, that, that adjusts our life to be more like Christ. And you, you, if, if you want a, a good test for your life and my life, it could be, do I tell people, well, that's just the way that I am? as an excuse for not being godly. Well, if that's the case, then you, you, you might need to check, amen, and see if just the way you are violates the word. Does that, you see what I'm saying? And again, I'm not fussing, but I want to set a, a stage here for this because I, I'm going to explain it a different way. Having a procedure of godliness, but no faith. Having a procedure, that word form is actually the word for formula, right? So if your godliness and your walk with God, if my walk with God is just based on a formula that I have developed, and maybe it doesn't mean that I haven't gotten it from the word, but you may say, well, pastor, I go to church, I give my tithes, I talk to God or pray to God, and, 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 and I do this and I do that, and so that makes me godly. Well, it depends. Are you unloving? <laughs> I'm getting very many amens, right? It's okay. 
right? Are you unloving? Are you boastful? I mean, just look at the whole list. Are you disobedient to your parents, young people? See, if we're not careful, we're not looking to be transformed. We're looking to follow procedure. And if I just follow the procedure, then it'll make me something, but I don't have to change. See, anybody can follow the procedure, but not everybody uh, is willing to be changed. And that's the difference between living a life of godliness and living a life that's just a form of godliness. And so for our life, listen, today I believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking and will help you identify in your life. And listen, if you find yourself being more procedural, at least you're doing something. But I believe today the Holy Spirit can help you and challenge you. Amen? Jesus said, I didn't come to the world to condemn it. This is not about you being condemned. But God loves you so much that he doesn't want to let you live a life that is void of his power. Amen? And that power is not, is not only for the laying on of hands as we ministered last Sunday or praying for people or preaching. That power is a transformative power working in our lives so that we become more like Christ. So faith is not a procedure to be followed. That does not indicate faith that I followed a procedure. Listen, some of you might be here this morning and you've been, quote, believing God for something, but really you haven't been in faith. You've just followed the procedure and then you don't understand why the procedure didn't lead to the answer. And it may be that you've got more faith in the procedure than faith in the one who gives the answer. See, that's procedural. That means I have more faith in me and my ability to do what I'm supposed to do, when I'm supposed to do it, to say what I'm supposed to do, when I'm supposed to say it. I have more faith in me than I do in faith in Jesus Christ, that he's the healer, he's the deliverer, he's the miracle work, he's the one that does that. Even though I have been given authority, I've been given his word, but he's still the one that backs it. I can't make it happen. When I pray for people to be healed, it's not me. I can't do that. But I can apply my faith to it, amen, and I can believe God and He's the one that's His power in me that's released. But that doesn't happen through procedure. It says having a form of godliness, but what? Denying the power of it. So, a couple other questions. Why did you come to church today? Well, Pastor Rob, duh. It's because I'm supposed to. Right? I'm supposed to. Isn't that what Christians do? We go to church on Sundays. That's procedural. I'm not saying we shouldn't. We do. We should. But there ought to be something more than following a procedure. Why did you give today? Why did you tithe? Why did you give offering? Why didn't you give? Well, we're supposed to. It's easy. I've done it. 
I've done it where I just get used to tithing. Some of you, you know, your giving's on automatic and it just automatically deducts. Well, do you ever take time and stand in faith over what you're doing? Or is it just a procedure that happens? Why do you serve? Why do you read your Bible and pray? Well, because I'm supposed to. I understand that. It, it is a very necessary practice in our life. But I want to show you today, there ought to be a little bit more to or behind what we do. Amen? Because otherwise, you read your Bible for 10 years and you know what it says, but it produces no power to change you or your situation. And 10 years later, you're still struggling with the same situation that the Word of God clearly answers, but you're not seeing the power in that situation of God. Maybe it's become more procedural than it is by faith. So let's just look at the Word. I'm just going to go through the Word and show you some things about faith, right? So the first one is, is that faith is necessary. It is necessary. And I'll show you Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Listen to me. God's not impressed by our procedure. God's impressed by our faith. You can see it through the Word of God, and I'll, I'll throw out a few scriptures this morning to, to substantiate that, but I want you to get that this morning. Because sometimes the, the Pharisees were proficient at procedure. They were proficient at all of the procedures. They had it down. They knew when to do, what to do, what not to do, how to do it. They had it all locked down, man. They, 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 they had it. But yet they had no power, they had no life. And Jesus called them of their father, the devil, uh, because they were liars. They were constantly pushing back against Jesus because Jesus didn't follow all the procedures. But yet he had power. It's not an excuse to live an ungodly life. We've already read that. But I want you to understand some. God's not impressed with our procedure. I'm not going to get to heaven and God say, man, you were perfect. You had it down. You know what I'm saying? There's no, there's no just certain procedure for everything. It comes down to an attitude of faith. Hebrews 3.12, it says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. It doesn't say, beware, unless there be in any of you a break from procedure. You didn't do things perfect. No, it says an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So if, if, if we follow procedures only in our life, and I'm going to show you principles are right and there's things we should do, but they've got to be backed by faith. And if we don't back it by faith, then we risk moving over into a place to where I'm putting my trust in my procedures. One of, one of the, the areas that people in the church struggle with over time is they start substituting their service in the church for their relationship with God. 
Well, don't you know I served for 20 years? And, and I think it's great. I'm grateful for that. But that doesn't give you an excuse not to walk in love. That doesn't give you an excuse to do other things that are ungodly just because you followed some procedures. And it doesn't make you spiritual, nor does it make you close to God. The more you work does not bring you closer to God. I get closer to God, therefore the more I work. It's out of relationship, not in place of. So he says here that without faith, it's impossible. It's not, it's not like, hey, without faith, it's hard. It says without faith, it is impossible to what? To please God. And I want to please my heavenly Father. How many of you? Amen. I believe that. I don't believe you'd be here. Amen. I don't believe you'd take the time to be here if you didn't want to please God. Amen. Faith is a matter of the heart. I'm just going to give you some principles of faith so you know whether you're walking in faith. Romans 10, 8 and through 11. And it says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be what? Saved. For with the heart, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. He doesn't say that with the mind you follow all the procedures and you get saved. It says with the heart you believe unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So it's not about how much I know about salvation. It's whether I actually believe it in my heart. It's not about the procedures. Even though there's some specifics. What am I supposed to do? Believe in my heart, confess with my mouth. And I can do that procedurally without attaching it to faith. Because I, I, when I do a procedure, I don't really believe. I have a mental agreement, but I don't have faith in it. Well, how, how do I know the difference? If somebody can talk you out of your salvation, then, then probably it was more procedural than it was a matter of the heart. Because when I believed, everything changed. I'm not saying that you don't have challenges with doubt or different things. I'm not saying you won't be challenged. But my faith, the Bible says, he, he says, um, that our faith would rest not in the wisdom of men, but in the what? Power of God. See, there was power. There's something that changed in my life. I didn't simply follow a procedure. Well, I raised my hand. I stood up. I walked down to the front. They prayed for me. I said the prayer. I, I agree with the prayer. And so I'm saved. No, that, that, that's not. You can, you can just be wherever you are and call out by faith on Jesus Christ and get saved even though you didn't do it in church with your hand raised walking down to the front saying a prayer at the altar. Do, do you understand? What it, it doesn't make that part bad. What I'm saying is, is my faith has to be in my Savior. That I believe in my heart who He is. And what he's done. And therefore, since I believe it in my heart, I'm confessing it. 
It's coming out of my mouth because out of the abundance of the heart, the what? The mouth speaks. I am declaring and confessing what I know to be true. And so I'm living a life of faith because it flows from my heart, not just from my head. I'm not saying that you don't need to be in agreement with it. You need to be in agreement with it. Amen? But some people struggle because they believe something in their heart, but yet they fight the battle of doubt in their head, and therefore they think that they're not in faith, and that's not always the case. I can have faith in my heart and believe in something while I'm still battling it out on a day-to-day basis in my mind. That's why I have to renew my mind to what the Word says. That's why I get in the Word and say, no, the Bible says that if I believed in my heart and I confess with my mouth, then it doesn't matter. I am saved. That's what I believe. And then the, de- the devil can come to you the next day and say, no, you didn't really get saved. And you can say, no, that's what the Word says. That's what I believe. So devil, shut up. But if it's only in my mind and nothing's going on here, it's a whole lot easier for the enemy to argue. The, the gospel is not a philosophy. Listen to me, young people. You're going to move into places where the world's going to confront you with philosophy. The gospel is not a philosophy. The gospel is a relationship with the living God. And there's power in it. And it's not just about goosebumps. But there's a power in it that changes our life. So faith is a matter of the heart, not just mentally agreeing with it. It's good that we agree with it, but I've got to believe. The Bible says in Romans 4 that Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised he was well able to perform. Abraham became fully persuaded. Well, he became to a place to where in his heart he he knew that it was right, it was the truth. That's why when we get saved, you don't have to know all the ins and outs of salvation because you've got the Holy Spirit in you convicting you and then bearing witness that what you're hearing is the truth and therefore we believe on that and we receive that and then we start getting revelation of what it all means. So faith is a matter of the heart. Everything pertaining to salvation comes through faith. In other words, The fact that Romans 10, 9, and 10, that I believe with my heart, confess with my mouth, says I'll be saved. So everything that pertains to salvation, that is the key to it right there, is I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth. If I need healing, that the Bible says that by his stripes I was healed, I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that I'm healed, I've been healed. See, I'm exercising salvation in my life, that I have needs that need to be met. And so I believe in my heart that my God is my supplier and I confess out of my mouth and therefore that's how I walk in provision of salvation. See what I'm saying? Everything in peace, joy, strength, whatever it is in your life, it starts by believing in the heart and I confess out of my mouth. The problem is, is that we know it's right here, but then out of the abundance of the heart, what we really believe comes out and says, well, you know, one day maybe sort of God might. Do you understand the conflict there? That the enemy's beating you up and saying, well, you know, those bills hadn't got paid yet, so God's not really your source. He's not going to take care of you. 
I'm going to show you in a minute. It doesn't matter what I'm looking at. What matters is what I believe. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Listen, it's, it's not about earning it. Procedures are about deserving it. I followed the procedures, God, and therefore I deserve it. And nothing that God does is based on just you deserving it. Now, there's rewards. There are things that come along with you being obedient. There are things that produce that. But as far as you being saved and being a child of God, there's nothing you're going to do to earn that. And there's no procedure to follow to attain it. There's no ladder to climb that one day I'm going to feel saved. One day, no, it is, I did what the Word says, and therefore God has changed me on the inside, and that's being worked out uh, in my daily life through the Word of God, renewing my mind to the Word of God. Amen? 2 Corinthians 4, 13, the Bible talks about a spirit of faith. It says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. There we are. We see it again. I believe with my heart. I confess with my mouth. We also believe and therefore speak. See, there's something about faith people that there is a spirit of faith in them. It is more than just a head knowledge. It is something on the inside that comes from the Holy Spirit. It comes and is engendered by the Spirit of God through... excuse me, hearing the Word of God, that my faith can rise up and I have a spirit of faith because I am constantly believing God and stretching out and expecting God in my life. It's not a procedure for me. And we all have the same capacity for that spirit of faith in our life. And you know when you're around faith people. And I don't mean, I don't mean fake faith people. I mean real faith people. And be careful who you deem as fake faith people. Because you'll close yourself off to receiving from them just because all you see is a glimpse or all you hear is a glimpse or all you hear was something written by somebody that that has a, a, a negative appearance or approach to somebody. That's why we have a church. That's why we have pastors. That's why we have those things in our life. We just need to be careful. If you don't know for a fact, as in you know the person, and you've walked with them, and you've been there, and you know their life, then don't say anything about them. Just saving you some, some, some trouble on your end. Because you set yourself against God. And no, the kingdom is not a democracy and you don't, it, it's not a free speech in the kingdom. I mean, you can say whatever you want, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't come without consequence. I'm, just, I'm, not, talking about, I'm not talking about America, I'm talking about the kingdom. Amen? So I'll just move on, but I'm just trying to help you. Some of us have negated our own faith because we're critical of other people. Anyway. All right. Romans 12.3 says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And here's, it's in Romans 12. He's talking about serving uh, and, and being a part of the body, but I want you to understand something, that every person has a measure of faith. And the faith to get saved, every person. Every person. 
It's there. A person may choose not to exercise it and say, I choose not to believe, but it's there. And there will be an accountability for that. You say, yeah, but, but I don't believe, you know, and I, I, yeah, but what is that based on? Who told you that? Who told you God wasn't real? Who told you that? Well, you know, this happened, yeah, but, but who told you that? Just because this happened and that happened doesn't change who God is. Our faith needs to grow. It can grow. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. 1 Peter 2, 2 says, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. There's a growth in our life that happens over time in walking with God and your faith can grow. Jesus talked about little faith. He talked about great faith. So Jesus talked about different levels of faith in our life. Here's the good news. Is God's no respecter of persons. I don't get a free pass in my faith just because I'm called to pastor. I have to believe just like you. I've got to read the Word just like you. I've got to do those things just like you in order to build my faith and exercise my faith and walk in faith. He's no respecter of persons in that regard. We all have the same access. Amen? How many of you have more than one Bible in your house? Come on. Right? We're without excuse. Amen? All things are possible through faith. Mark 9.23, Jesus said unto him, and you can go back and read the whole story, but he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. That's that spirit of faith. Jesus was saying to this man concerning his daughter, he said, listen, it looks like she's dead, but I'm just telling you, she's not, and if you can believe, all things are possible. That's where the impossible becomes possible, is through our faith. Now, I'm not talking about things that aren't in the Word of God. Right? So, you know, you've heard me say, don't go pray, you know, for the winning lottery number. You know, God, just give me the Powerball number. You know, give me the power. No, that's, that's not God's answer to your money. Well, you know, if I win, I'll tithe. No, if you didn't tithe before it, you won't tithe after it. Amen? Now listen, here's where I want you to get, and, I, and I'm closing. It's if you can believe versus if you can do everything just right. If you can believe versus if I can do everything just right. If I can learn to believe God and have faith in God and faith in His Word, that will always trump doing everything just right. Sometimes we've spent our life because we've been taught that I, I, it's based on me. If, I, if my performance isn't where it needs to be, then God's not going to do this. I don't deserve healing because of yada, yada, yada. I don't deserve God to, to meet a financial need that I have because I haven't done yada, yada, yada. Now, I'm a principal person, and if you violate principles, they are going to bring consequences, right? So there are principles we live by, but we're not perfect. And we've got to be careful. Don't ever judge somebody else's weakness by your strength. And I see that all the time. 
to somebody strong in an area and they just don't understand why somebody else isn't like them. Well, if they would just, well, just give me a few minutes with you and I'll find your weak area. You see what I'm saying? So this is not, I want to help you this morning so that your faith is not in your procedure. My faith isn't just in me following the principles. I follow the principles because I love my Father and I have a relationship with Him and I know the principles are right, but I follow it because I want to honor my Heavenly Father. It's not just a procedural thing. I can follow procedures and my heart not be in it. Isn't that right? That's why the Bible says that those that are willing and obedient eat the good of the land. It's not just the obedient. There has to be a willingness factor. It's a part of the heart. That's why the Bible says to honor and obey your parents. Not just obey them, but to honor them because honor has to do with the heart. We honor the Lord with our heart and we obey Him. We don't do just one or the other. You can be obedient without having honor. But you can't have honor without being obedient. Doesn't work that way. And so this morning, what is it that God's working in you? What is it that you need? What is it that you need to be stretching your faith towards? What is it that you are believing God for? And if you're not, why are you not? What is it that stands in the way? What's keeping you from believing God? Is it because you don't feel like you deserve it? And I want to tell you this morning, it's not about deserving it. You see what I'm saying? Is it because you just don't know? That's okay. That's where we get into the Word and we find out what God's Word says. Right? Is it because you say, well, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I, I have everything I need. Right? Well, it's not just about you. So who are, who are you believing God for? See what I'm saying? There's always something that we can be stretching our faith towards. And again, it's not trying to impress God. It's because we have work to get done. And God's given us faith to be able to live and have a relationship with Him and have victory in our life. We have victory because we have faith. Faith brings victory in our life over whatever we're facing. We can use our faith and exercise that and see victory in our life. And you may say, Pastor Rob, but I've believed God before and it didn't, didn't come to pass. I understand that and I understand disappointment. But don't let it discourage you. Don't let disappointment lead to discouragement, which leads to depression. Don't do that. We've all been disappointed. How many of you have ever been disappointed with God? Like, let's be honest. God's not afraid of that because He's perfect. He has nothing to apologize for. You know what I'm saying? Like God's not having an emotional crisis right now because we raised our hands and we're disappointed in Him. God's God, right? So that must mean that something I, I need to not be perfect, but maybe there's something I need to, to adjust. Maybe I thought I was believing, but I really wasn't. And I know that it's hard sometimes to have those conversations, you know. And then there's just some things that you may have experienced that are unexplainable right now. And that's okay. It still doesn't stop you from believing God. It can, but it doesn't have to. 
Why? Because he loves you. And he's not holding out on you. And I believe that sometimes those unanswerable things that we might have that one day we'll be able to ask and say, Father, I, I don't understand this. And then he could walk you through it. Does that make sense? I'm not going to sit up here and preach to you and say that everything's perfect and everything always works just the way we want it to. But I'm not going to quit believing God and walking in faith just because I've experienced some disappointments along the way. I've experienced far more victories than I have disappointments. And what do I do? I cling to those. And the Bible says we can feed on His faithfulness. Amen.